1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. This is the Sports Wrap. My name is Zeke, and a lot to get to today. From the, the lowest pits of despair for Twins baseball to, ladies and gentlemen, we got him in the defensive line for the Vikings, going to be one of the best in the NFL this season. Two of the main topics. We'll also get to a huge 66-foot putt by John Rahm that, yeah, I, I probably could have made if you'd have given me enough chances to make it. Some NBA news. We'll get the latest from the NHL as well as re, as we recap the weekend here on the KDL and Sports Wrap. Let's rewind the last 72 hours in sports and find out what happened. Rewind time. You know, we've had a nice little run here. We had a bad one right before it. So if we can stay away from that and, you know, do more consistent stuff like we've done in this homestand, it's pretty fun to watch. Uh, uh, some good at bats in big situations, some really big pitching performances. Uh, so there was a lot of good stuff. Ten years ago, that would have been fantastic to hear back when Ron Gardenhire was the manager of the Minnesota Twins. But now he manages the Detroit Tigers, the last place Detroit Tigers that swept the four-game series with the Minnesota Twins over the weekend. 3-2 to two yesterday with Kenta Maeda getting outdueled by super prospect Casey Mize. The Tigers gave their young star an early lead. Miggy Cabrera, who's, what, 85 years old now, RBI single, bottom of the first. Twins did battle back, but it was another former twin, Jonathan Scope, with the, the nail in the coffin in the sixth. The former member of the Bomba squad taking uh, the Twins deep for that go-ahead home run in the sixth as the Twins lose 3-2. to two. Rocco Baldelli talks about the Twins' struggles on the their last handful of games, going 3-6, and six, including now a five-game losing streak. The road trip was, uh, was a rough one. Um, you know, every time you know we felt like maybe we're getting something going or we're on a little roll, um, you know, maybe we wouldn't execute, maybe something wouldn't go our way. It wasn't pretty baseball from the, from the beginning. Twins now a game out of first place. And what was a tie yesterday, a three-way tie with the White Sox, the Indians, and the Twins now third place in the AL Central. Not going to get any easier for the Twins tonight. Uh, opposing Chicago White Sox and Lucas Giolito, who uh, threw a no-hitter last Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Rich Hill is slated to start for the Twins tonight. Twins baseball on KDLM. And I, before I move on to number two, uh, it, it's worth mentioning the MLB trade deadline is today. And so a, a lot of big decisions for the Twins. Are they going to be buyers? Which I think they, they should be. Are they going to be sellers? Which you can make an argument there as well. Or are they going to stand pat and not make any big moves? The Twins... For the entire offseason, for the entire time that we didn't have baseball from March through the middle of July, I mean, th- this was supposed to be the Minnesota Twins year. And with, with the shortened season, yeah, it's only a, a five-game losing streak. In, in a normal 162-game season, this is just a blip on the radar. But there is, what, a, a month left of the season? I think that the final day of the regular season is like September 30th or something like that. Then the playoffs begin. There is expanded playoffs with expanded wild card where I think the first two teams in the division make the playoffs. I think there's like a play-in game for third place or something something crazy like that. So the Twins still in prime position 
But a wild card berth was not what we expected from this team that heard the, the clamoring from fans and beefed up the, the starting rotation by adding Kenta Maeda, who's been really, really, really good. Jose Barrios has struggled. Injuries have been a, a major part in why the Twins have lost five straight games. Uh, Josh Donaldson, their big, heavy-hitting third baseman they signed in the offseason, he's on uh, the shelf with an injury. Starting rotation has been has been okay. I mean, we, we didn't want to be relying on, on Rich Hill tonight. Randy Dobnek has more than picked up his slack. He lost a game on, was it game one of the doubleheader on Saturday? Dobnek got shelled. You've got Miguel Sano's inconsistencies. Nelson Cruz has been a, a highlight. Jorge Polanco, absolutely been a highlight. Buxton, of course, hurt. And so that depth has really been the big question mark. So if if the Twins do make a move today, I'd expect uh, maybe something to to get some starting pitching. We will get big Mike Pineda back here pretty soon. I'm not sure of the exact time. So that will be kind of like a trade when he returns from his suspension. But I would expect maybe some some depth in that lineup this this week we should get Donaldson back Buxton should be back in the next couple of days as well which is kind of like making a trade but something I I don't want to get to the playoffs and have Rich Hill on the mound something's got to be something's got to be done with the starting rotation Jose Barrios has been disappointed other than Maeda and and Dobnak the rotation isn't doing much for me, and you need as much starting pitching as you can get in the playoffs. And I don't want to have to rely on this this opener thing. That's with with Matt Whistler. That that doesn't do anything for me either. Two, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. I, I've I've been following this guy on Twitter for the last the last couple months just because I like you know the 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 circus that is social media, and especially with this guy, a guy that I would have never saw landing with the Minnesota Vikings was rumored forever to be going to Philadelphia, never materialized, but pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe finally got his wish over the weekend, getting dealt from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's coming to Minnesota for a second round pick next year and a conditional fifth round selection in 2022 agreed to uh, sign his one year franchise tender, uh, he turned down $5 million to get out of Jacksonville. Uh, didn't hold back his feelings about wanting out uh, on Twitter. Even had a, a Twitter fight with uh, the owner's son in Jacksonville, Sean Khan's son. He was a third-round pick in 2016, 37 and a half sacks, 14 forced fumbles in 63 games, was a pro bowler in 2017. We'll get to know Yannick Ngakwe coming up in the second half and what he does for the Vikings defensive line, especially depth in a, a, a season where Daniil Hunter has not practiced for two weeks. Zimmer says it was a tweak, but uh, got to be more than a tweak if they're if they're dealing picks for Yannick Ngakwe. I'm also going to try and get uh, tomorrow uh, Purple Insider's Matthew Collar to talk about the impact that Ngakwe is going to have on that defensive line too, which now I mean I had my fantasy draft on on Friday. Vikings trade for Ngakwe on Saturday and kind of kicking myself for not taking that Vikings defense in my fantasy draft. Aaron Rodgers, Nick Foles, Matthew Stafford, 
watch out. Because if we have Hunter on one side and Ngakwe on the other, yikes. A lot of a lot of sacks this year. Looking at some other headlines from the weekend, golf fans. I, I, I saw this yesterday. I went and, and picked up an order of nachos from Lakeside Tavern in Detroit Lakes and, and caught the end of this. So I saw this live. And it was the finish of the BMW Championship. John Rahm, Dustin Johnson on the 18th, or in in, in, uh, in in the playoff, excuse me. Johnson had forced an extra hole by hitting a 45-put birdie putt to tie Rahm, who shot a 6-under-64 for his final round, 400 for the tournament. Johnson, the world number one, won last week's Northern Trust to begin the FedEx Cup playoffs Still the number one golfer in the world, despite John Rahm hitting a 65-foot birdie putt on the first hole of the playoff to beat Dustin Johnson. So John Rahm, your BMW champion, it is they're going to they're face off again next week. Uh, the uh, the Tour Championship at East Lake. Dustin Johnson, the one seed. John Rahm, the second seed. So more great golf coming up this weekend. Looking at COVID news in baseball, uh, one positive test, this time on the Oakland Athletics uh, series finale between the A's and the Strohs at Minute Maid Park postponed after a member of the Oakland organization tested positive for COVID-19. Going to conduct testing and and contact tracing for their traveling party. Going to self-isolate in Houston. Oakland is off today, so they have some time to work through that. They'll begin a three-game series in Seattle tomorrow. On the field, the Chicago Cubs are the new Bomba squad setting a major league record first by getting multiple home runs from their entire starting outfield in a 10 to one route of the Reds, Ian Happ, Jason Hayward, and my guy, Kyle Schwarber, all going deep twice with Schwarber capping off the historic feat with a grand slam in the ninth. Meanwhile, the Dodgers set a National League record for home runs in any month during their 7-2 win over the Texas Rangers. They uh, had three more home runs in in August than the Braves did with their previous record of 56. In June of 2019, 57 home runs in the month of August for the L.A. Dodgers. In the NHL, the Islanders, Golden Knights, and Stars, not only one win away from reaching the conference semifinals after all three teams posted Game 4 wins, New York put the East's top seed Philadelphia on the brink of elimination with a 3-2 win. Let's see, Vegas, they're the top seed in the West, got two goals and an assist from from Max Pacioretty as they downed the Canucks 5-3 to to take a 3-1 lead. And the Dallas Stars, they, they when, the, when the Stars are on offensively, you cannot beat these guys scoring three times in less than four and a half minutes in the first period before holding on to a 5-4 to four win over the Colorado Avalanche, which after the last bunch of reseeding and stuff, Colorado was my pick to win it. Well, first it was the Wild, of course, and then I picked Vancouver, which technically they're still in it, but they're on the brink of elimination. And so the the Avs, my third choice with, with Nate McKinnon, I, I, I don't want to see a division rival win it. But Colorado's had some pretty uh, pretty devastating playoff losses in the last decade. A bunch of them to the Minnesota Wild. So I would I would be okay with Colorado winning one, but they're down. I, I just don't want Dallas to win. And I'm sure every Minnesota hockey fan w- agrees with me. Anybody, anybody but the Stars. If that means, if that means the Blackhawks, if that means 
the Canucks, if, if that means the, the Bruins, heaven forbid, anybody, anybody but the Stars. Second half of the sports wrap, we're going to break down that Yannick Ngakwe trade and what that means for the rest of the defensive line and what that could mean for Daniil Hunter in Minnesota. We'll talk about that second half of the wrap here on KDLM. I'm Taylor Bashotti with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Jaguars agreed to trade defensive end Yannick Ngakwe to the Vikings for a second-round pick in 2021 and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022. According to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, the former pro bowler agreed to a revised one-year deal worth $12 million. Meantime, some bad news out of Chargers camp. Safety Derwin James suffered a meniscus injury Sunday and is likely to miss significant time, according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. James missed 11 games last season with a stress fracture in his foot. Carson Wentz did not practice because of a minor soft tissue injury and is listed as day-to-day. Texans linebacker Zach Cunningham agreed to terms on a contract extension worth $14.5 million per year. And Miles Garrett did not practice Sunday out of an abundance of caution for a wrist injury, according to his head coach, Kevin Stefanski. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Welcome to another academic and athletic school year where we will give you the latest Gopher news every weekday for the next eight months. Of course, this fall will look and sound a bit different from a Gopher perspective. We'll hear from head football coach P.J. Fleck when we come back. It can happen fast. The game changes, and you need a new strategy. It's like your original insurance policy. It worked fine at the start, but now that you've bought a home, added a car, or expanded your business, you can't keep running the same old play. You need Western National Insurance for coverage that fits your growing needs. Western National, Minnesota's source for great-fitting auto, home, and business protection since 1901. Ask your independent agent today for Western National and go Gophers. Get that great fit feeling, Western National Insurance. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Big Ten for the moment has postponed the start of the football season with hopes to start the sport at some point later in the school year. So Minnesota head coach P.J. Flex says his team is coping the best it can and pushing hard to improve until they get to play that next game, whenever that is. The hard part about this is, uh, you know, there, there's so many unknowns, right? And when you listen to why the Big Ten canceled the season, it's the unknown. It's the putting the players' lives at risk and their health at risk. And there's no right answers right now. And there's so many things out there that we still don't even know. But all we can do as a football program, and all I can do as a head football coach, right, is to respond to what we are dealt with. And Flex says that means the coaching staff has sent a message to the team to take this time with no games to improve every way they can. Our thing to our football team is just that. Whoever does this time better for longer is going to have a chance to be ahead of the game. doesn't guarantee you anything. doesn't promise you anything. But as we tell our team all the time, it gives you a better chance. And all we want to do is continue to stack chance on top of chance and top of chance. And that gives us the best chance in the season to have a really successful year. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Hi, this is Katie Florio with today's Twins Minute. It was a tough road trip for the Twins. They got swept by the Tigers this weekend and went 6-3 and three during their nine games on the road. Veteran leader Nelson Cruz knows this stretch has been frustrating for everyone, but he says the Twins need to keep bringing the intensity each day. Well, like I mentioned, I think we faced some good pitches in, in, in Cleveland. I mean, overall, we, we faced some good pitches even yesterday in the try, and it seems like we are getting, I guess, try to do too much, you know, instead of trust our talents and, and let it happen. But at the same time, we need to show uh, a little bit more intensity 
every bat and every pitch. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't try to do it. Um, just turn up uh, the ball and get a little bit more. The team has finally returned back to Minnesota and will start a three-game series with the White Sox tonight. It's Rich Hill against Lucas Giolito. First pitch is 7 p.m. You can catch all of the action right here on Twins Radio. This has been Katie Florio with today's Twins Minute, a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Thirteen forty, Katie Lem, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap. The Sports of the Broadcast brought to you by the Lakes Area Women's Expo coming up September seventeenth at the Richwood Winery Outdoors. Very similar to how we did the beer tour a couple weeks ago. Two shifts, two to five, and five to seven. All the details online at DetroitLakesRadioMarketplace.com, including a place to buy your five dollar tickets. Again, that's Detroit Lakes Radio Marketplace. Com. The Jacksonville Jaguars cleaning house over the weekend. Well, re- well, really for the past, I don't know, eight months or so, they've, they've been wheeling and dealing, getting rid of guys, getting rid of front office personnel. And the, the latest one, uh, breaking news from this morning, before we get into the deal the Vikings made with the Jags over the weekend, Leonard Fournette. Super prospect running back out of LSU four years ago has been released by the Jacksonville Jaguars in a stunning decision that gets the team closer to purging the Tom Coughlin era. I didn't think that anybody for the Jacksonville Jaguars could Justin Blackman as hard as Justin Blackman, Justin Blackman, but Leonard Fournette is close. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, and he has been flat-out released two weeks before the season opener. If he clears waivers, he'll be a free agent. He is due $4.17 million this season if someone claims him in the final year of that contract, which is $3 million more than Dalvin Cook is scheduled to make with the Vikings right now. Uh, Coming off a career year, Last year, 1,600 yards from scrimmage in 15 games, uh, 265 carries for just over 1,100 yards, caught 76 passes for 522 passes, for 220, uh, excuse me, f- f- 76 passes for 522 yards. Ah. Also scored uh, three touchdowns, also fumbled just once in 341 touches. But here's the deal with Fournette. Uh, he's been described as disrespectful and selfish. He's had some on-the-field issues, off-the-field issues, healthy scratches, inactive, was arrested in April 2019 for driving with a suspended license. But it's it's a new era in Jacksonville, cleaning house. General Manager uh, Dave Caldwell de- de- declined to pick up the fifth-year option on Fournette's rookie deal, and with Coughlin fired... Nick Foles traded. That was, that was one of the biggest signings in Jacksonville Jaguars history was getting Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. He's in Chicago now, dealt. Leonard Fournette, who was supposed to be the centerpiece of that offense for many, many years, gone. And probably the best player they had on their roster, if, if Fournette had lived up to expectations depending on how he was and how if he felt like playing that given week, which Vikings fans know all about would be Fournette, but the, easily the best defensive player 
because don't forget, the Jaguars had a top five cornerback in Jalen Ramsey and traded him to the Rams in the middle of last season because Ramsey wanted out. And now the the next big piece of that Jacksonville defense is coming to your Minnesota Vikings, trading for Yannick Ngakwe. Second round pick in 2021. Conditional fifth round pick in 2022 that could get as high as, as a third round pick. If you haven't heard of Yannick Ngakwe, kind of one of the, not exactly a household name. What, what this move reminds me a lot of is when the Vikings traded for Jared Allen. He wound out of Kansas City, final year of his deal. Vikings get him on the cheap and he becomes Hall of Fame caliber defensive end. Half a sack away from the all-time record in his uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year season. What was that, 2009, 2010? Somewhere in there. Ngakwe is only 25 years old, and despite not being the household name, is considered one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. 37.5 sacks, 14 forced fumbles, in 63 games. And now he gets to line up on a defensive line for Minnesota. Had a lot of questions, especially with uh, no more Everson Griffin, with Michael Pierce sitting out this season. Daniil Hunter has not practiced for the past two weeks with what Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer describes as a, a tweak. I, I don't think a tweak makes it sit out for two weeks. And I don't think you deal for this guy if Daniil Hunter isn't anticipated to be 100%. Ngakwe is said to have won out of Jacksonville so bad, he took a $5 million pay cut to get out of there. The Vikings will sign him to a one-year franchise tender worth $17.9 mil, and then he will be a free agent next season. And my guess is Ngakwe is going to be expensive to re-sign. And the Vikings pushed up against the cap already. And I, I love this move by the Vikings for one reason, and that's the win-now mentality that this team continues to have. By re- You've got Kirk Cousins again this year. Dalvin Cook is in a contract year. You've got a couple young, high-flying guys at wide receiver. I mean, as much as it pains me to save this, Adam Thielen is not getting any younger. You got Justin Jefferson in now, and now you revamp the defense. Vikings fans should be really excited for this move. He's a a, a former Maryland Terrapin. Actually played with Stephon Diggs at Maryland, which of course Diggs now in Buffalo. Didn't take long to make an immediate impact. Had eight or more sacks in all four seasons he started in Jacksonville. And now that, that that begs the question for this is because the Vikings thought they had their defensive line uh, set to go. Everson Griffin gone in Dallas. Mentioned Michael Pierce going to sit out the 2020 season. He was the guy that was going to replace Linval Joseph as the big nose tackle in the middle. Shamar Stephan, Jaleel Johnson expected to be the DTs this year. Daniil Hunter and uh, Ifedi Onegbo was supposed to be on the edge. Northwestern product. But now with... Ngakwe, who's just as fun to say is Adenegbo, expected to take that spot. And it sounds like uh, like Adenegbo, a little uh, salty about this move. Where he, he tweeted two words last night. He tweeted, 
fool's gold. Kind of a cryptic Stefan Diggs type tweet. And a lot of people thinking that it has to do with the Vikings making this trade for Ngakwe. Because Adonagbo was supposed to get the start. Now he's going to be relegated to pretty much the same rotation duty he had last year. Especially if Daniil Hunter is hurt. One of the big questions I have is both Hunter and Ngakwe play on the same side of the defensive line. So if if the Vikings are going to have both of these guys on the edges, rushing Rodgers and Foles slash Trubisky and Stafford eight times a year, one of those two guys is going to have to change positions. And Daniil Hunter has been pretty adamant about him not going to be the guy to change positions. Because as good as Ngakwe has been his first handful of years in the league, Daniil Hunter has been that much better. And so whose rhythm do you want to disrupt? And I think you need to keep Daniil Hunter happy first before Ngakwe. I know Hunter is signed here long-term. Ngakwe is likely going to be a one-year guy. And the Vikings will get a, a compensatory pick in the next in the, in the draft, which will make up for that uh, conditional pick they sent in 2022. And Nagmo is still going to get plenty of reps on the outside. Played 120 of his snaps on the interior last season. And that could give the Vikings more of a, of a punch three technique if they choose to use Odenegbo there. And so even though he loses his job as a starter, getting a, a lot of value on depth on that defensive line, something the Vikings did not have 72 hours ago. I love the trade. You're not giving up any pieces. And the Vikings had 12 draft picks in the 2021 draft. So using two of them, one of them, a second rounder next year and a conditional fifth two years from now is an absolute steal for getting a guy that could have double-digit sacks on that defensive line. The one thing I'm curious about, however, and I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for the details on this, is how is this money that's being paid to Ngakwe going to potentially affect either a long-term Dalvin Cook deal or a long-term Anthony Harris deal? Because Harris has the franchise tender and Cook going to play out the final year of his rookie deal. He's going to make $1.2 million this entire season. I've reached out to Purple Insider's Matthew Collar, which you can hear his show at, at 10 o'clock on Saturdays on, on KDLM. Also a podcast, uh, Purple Insider, one of the best Vikings podcasts out there. As I reach out to Matthew to, to join us on the Sports Wrap tomorrow, he's pretty busy today with other radio stations asking him to, uh, to join. M- my big question here is how is this going to impact salary cap stuff looking in, into next year? Uh, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, Daniil Hunter, uh, could be working on restructuring their deals to 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 get Ngakwe signed to it, a long term extension before he's able to sign somewhere else, free agent wise, because he will get signed somewhere. But what happens in say two years from now when the Viking, if the Vikings kind of fall off the table and they're finishing six and ten, seven and nine, heaven forbid? We saw how upset he got with his situation in Jacksonville. Is that going to rear itself again come 2022 or 2023 if we sign this guy to a long-term extension? Because then he'll be, what, 28, 29? What happens to his value? Will he still be as good as he is now? And is anyone going to want to take that contract on? I, I, I know I need to 
it, it, it's always the Minnesotan fan in me to look two or three years down the road, and that's always a good thing to do. But with the Vikings in win now mode, I'm just I'm I'm mostly disappointed in myself for not being able to enjoy the moment, to enjoy what could be the biggest Vikings trade since getting Jared Allen in like two thousand what five, six, seven in in that area. This is just as big as bringing J.A. to Minnesota. 